Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as graphic novel review editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes, and we're on social media at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And on Twitter, we're at pwcomicsworld. So this week on More to Come, uh, we're going to talk about Emerald City and MoCA, now the, Museum of Comic, Com- the Museum of Comic and Cartoons Art, Art Arts <laughs> Festival. Super Movies, TV Update, and we'll finish off with some MoCA interviews live from the floor. So, and let's get right to it. All right. Um, actually, well, let's, first we're let's talk back about up a little. Yeah. Yes, we were going to talk about Emerald City, actually. We'll, we'll bring that in. Yeah. You were there. Yes, I bring was Bring us there, up to speed. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, Emerald City Comic Con, the mm. third biggest show in, North, uh, in America. Not North America, the third, but the fourth biggest show in North America. So, yeah, I was there. Um, Still pretty big. Yes, it was indeed. Um, you know, I wish you guys could see this show because it is so hustle bustle. It's like San Diego was 10 years ago. I mean, it's mm. absolutely huge, just jam packed. Um, you know, and everybody was there. Like, the web comics presence is mm. huge. Um, you know, only a few nerd liberties. It's really all about comics. And uh, ah, the. Awesome. Um, the excitement of the audience there is absolutely incredible. Um, and, you know, the number of creators who were there was, uh, was great as well. I was a- able to sit down with the showrunner, Jim Demonakis, and uh, it looks like they're going to have to go to a preview night at some point. Ah. And so what, what, what kind of numbers? Uh, well, they had 70,000 people 70, there, 70,000. And, um, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, it's sold out a month ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tickets were completely sold out a month ahead of time. Uh, a floor space was sold out long before that. Uh, I mean, you could not. Mm. I mean, pre press had to pre reg. It was very hard to yeah. get in. I mean, even uh, I was there only four years ago. It was only two days. It took up half the convention center. In four years, it's sold out the entire convention center. Sold out mm. all the tickets and expanded to the hotel next door. And uh, just that's happened really overnight, you know. Yeah. So I mean, incredible. We talk a lot about con growth, but uh, <laughs> Emerald it's City is is an amazing example it's of off that. The hook. Yeah, it really is. And um, you know, one of the things people were really talking about is the proximity of Amazon cool. and uh, Microsoft and other tech mm-hmm. tech companies there in Seattle. And there's a lot of rich nerds in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> and do they do they figure into the Programming or into the presentation? I, I'm just you know, Jet asking City a wacky Comics question. did have a, a booth. There. Oh right, good, yes. good point. In fact, and I wasn't able yeah. to get by. I there. think they debuted the uh, covers for for wool. They did. Uh, yeah. They did. And uh, which I uh, wasn't able to get to as I was not able to get to much, but because uh, mm. it was so crowded. <laughs> well. So, but also, you know, very strongly stated harassment policy that was posted uh, everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw my pictures. Uh, everybody yeah. was posting. Uh, you know, everywhere you look, there mm-hmm. were signs saying that A, you couldn't get into the show unless you had a ticket, and B, that there was zero tolerance for harassment. And a lot of the programming reflected a lot of current issues. Um, you know, it's, it started mm-hmm. off Thursday night with a big party to celebrate the Carol Corps. Uh, when Kelly Sue DeConnick and Captain Marvel mm-hmm. at the Aerospace Museum. So that was really appropriate. It was a really great night. 
um, a couple hundred people came out, including Very lots cool. of people dressed as Captain Marvel. Okay. And um, uh, you know, it was it was it was lively. It was vibrant. I I um I was really really impressed by the show mm-hmm. and just by mm-hmm. the youthfulness really of the yeah. of the of the audience and just the things that they were interested in. And you know, all the people who run it say they want to program it for the people they want to have come to the show. And there's kind of a rainbow bridge that that goes between the two halves of the convention center. And on the Rainbow Bridge, do they call it that? It's not, but <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's called. It's, it is it's called, appropriate. It is called it's the bridge. <laughs> uh, but on the Rainbow Bridge, the exhibitors included um, Boom with a huge booth, uh, Topatico, and We Love Fine. And I think that really sums up who was at this show. It was definitely a show for comics of uh, the present decade. Mm-hmm. Good, as it should be. Yeah. Well, uh, um, but speaking of another comic con, which is also packed and also huge, this year the entire More to Come crew was at Mocha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mocha Arts Festival 2014. Um, a kind of, uh, you know, I don't know what to call it. A uh, a key year, uh, the year after the Society of Illustrators took it over. Um, sort of, they had a more of a run up on the job. Now they were kind of. Uh, kind of, you know, improvising, I think, a little bit last year, their first year doing it. Um, they were able to kind of see the constituency that they're working with. And um, by all accounts, certainly by every account that I saw and saw myself, um, Mocha is in revival well, mode. Well, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, the Anel Miller emailed us to say that the, circul- uh, the attendance was 7,000 as opposed to about 4,000 last yeah. year. So I think that's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a they, pretty big sign of a revival right 4, there. 4,000 on the first day of the yes. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, they lowered the uh, entrance fee. So. Well, but, I, think, I think $5 is a nice round number that's just... Just enough to not discourage casual visitors. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, look, there was there were great crowds all day, every day. It they was... reconfigured the floor. Um, uh, they certainly they moving around the cafeteria. Uh, I think they started last year. Moving it upstairs was a, really a great idea. Uh, that back row used to be kind of a dead zone. It was lively the whole time. Well, frankly, I think they could have. I mean, they had no way of knowing they get this many people. But frankly, next year I think they should widen the aisles even a bit because it was getting a little hard to get through there on yeah, Saturday yeah. afternoon. Um, uh, everyone that I talked to uh, seemed happy with their sales. Uh, there were, I mean, of the people I talked to, I probably talked to about ten different publishers, not counting individual artists. Two of them, two of them, sort of said sales were so-so, and then one of them came back to me later and recanted that mm-hmm. and suggested yeah. and, and actually said that um, the la- they had a huge bunch of sales the last hour of the floor, and they were they were a little bit they were impressed and, and a little surprised. Yeah, but I tell you, many other people told me they did extraordinarily well. Well, I think really what happened was, you know, when you go to Brooklyn Comics and Graphics Fest, uh, which is morphed into the Comic Arts Brooklyn, uh, which is free to get into, and you mm. see giant crowds buying tons of comics. Yeah. And last year, what I think it cost, was it $15? It's 15 bucks to get in. To yeah. get in for one day? Yeah. Was that one day it cost $15? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure. That's as much as a movie. Yeah. So it's probably <laughs> more than a movie. Well, only right. by a dollar. Yeah, but. not very much these days. <laughs> yeah, it depends sure. on what movie theater you go Yes, exactly. Yeah. Where do you live? I want to go. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, like you last year did not see people running around buying things. It was more like they'd spent their their money getting in in (laughs) and then they 
had just that. hanging out. You know, and this time they had uh, uh, $10 to spend, and you could buy a few things for that. So um, one tiny complaint I heard, although I could sort of see both sides of it, was that once you paid $5, the program was an additional $5. But yes, that's... Now, yeah. you know what? In, I actually see that because it's a beautiful mm-hmm. four-color publication. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, maybe not that beautiful. Perhaps four or five dollars. Perhaps there could again well, more yeah. content. Well, I, to I it. feel like what they should have done if they're going to charge for the program, which fine, charge for the program, is they should have had floor maps po- posted around for people. Well, they to use. did have. You know what? They did have those available. If you went up to, because I found this out, maybe it wasn't until the second day, but if you went up to the volunteers booth, the, that main information booth, and asked for things, they would give you They'd a, give you a right. Thing. But you, yeah. I mean. But the thing is that the average person walking onto the floor, those maps, I mean, I went in, I looked around. I mean, I didn't ask people for them, but I, they just did not appear to be there. Right. So right, right. I, I mean, had that's something that it seems that you ought to make I it feel like generally available. I feel like it wasn't yeah. by yeah, special, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, tol- I absolutely agree. Totally well, I mean, agree. Because I feel like you're not doing your exhibitors any favors by making mm. people unable to figure out where mm. they are. And, but, but, but let's be clear. The exhibitors were extremely happy with the show. Were. Oh, they, they were. Oh, they were. They were. This is very a, happy. This is a small quibble. Yes, these are quibbles. The organization of the show, Terry Nattier called the organization superb. Gary Groth said he was very happy. I mean... Is Gary Groth ever happy? That's I don't oh, think so, is, but those were is. the words he used he to is. me. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, it's note. astonishing um, the level of non-complaint at this show. A show that was well, attracted many more complaints many years ago. Right. And, you know, uh, I think there's several reasons for that is... Um, well, we talked about this in our piece for the magazine. Is that you know there was a big giant Charlie B- Brown balloon there? Oh yes, we can't and, about that. And um, <laughs> you know, I think Anel Miller had a had a vision for that, and yes. she was right. I mean, it just created yeah. this um, spectacle. Yes, that really over loomed over when you say something loomed well, over the, an entire the, weekend this, i don't think anything has ever literally it, it wasn't a metaphor it, it was, was the not real a, deal right it was not a metaphor and no, charlie brown was was watching yeah. your every step yeah and uh, it was pretty amazing yeah, and everybody yeah. had a selfie with him everybody had photos yeah. of him it's probably the most photographed thing it ever was, at it, a comic-con it was a pretty feel-good it uh, was pretty feature at, at the show you know the second thing is even during the dark days of mocha and you know it would be fun i think what how long i've been doing this podcast two years now so it'd be fun to go back and listen to some of our comments about the ones before because even in its darkest day and there were darkest days after some organizational miscues people were not going to come back you know there was some real doubts as to um, future years as to drawn and quarterly and fantagraphics coming and there were uh companies that were banned and i mean there was some real bad stuff going on but Throughout that, everyone wanted Mocha to succeed. Sure, absolutely. I mean, for all that it had some serious issues, heating and cooling, um, and not to mention, you know, conflicts such as you mentioned, it was always a sh- I mean, it was, there was never a day when Mocha was not a busy show that didn't have a full floor, that didn't have, you know, people going and, and wanting to go to Mocha and wanting to like Mocha. I mean, it was never a ghost show. Let's no. put it that oh, way. Oh no, not at all. No. And while you know, while you know, people have different feelings about the Armory, the space. I, I would say personally, uh, you know, it's a historic space in New York. Uh, it's really the, the the birthplace of modern art in Absolutely. America. 
And I and feel the, a tremendous spiritual kinship being in that space yes, and, and having the, Mocha there as well. the birthplace of modern art and the, the home, the Victoria's Secret fashion show. I say no more. And I, but I, I mean, you know, it is it is a New York institution. It absolutely is. And, absolutely uh, is. And for this this time, I, I, I've, I've always said it takes a lot to daunt an indie comics crowd. For instance, at SPX, the venue there is not very fun-filled. You know, it's a corporate meeting space, but everybody's made it their own. They've yeah. taken it to their heart. And uh, I was always shocked that this historic, goofy place could not be yeah. uh, taken to the heart of indie comics. And you know what? I feel now that uh, now a grudging respect has been born. Absolutely. <laughs> and all praises to, to the Society yeah, of Illustrators. Yeah, we can't. They recognize that in many ways that Mocha is their future. Mm-hmm. Yep. They need younger yes, they members. They need and to that's connect illustration with is a today. younger demonstra- uh, a, a demographic. Um, illustration and comics go hand in hand. And Anel sees this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really the future of both organizations uh, you know, really are tied together now in the best possible way yeah. in this show. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it you was know, very clearly a well-run show. Yes. It was. Yeah. It was. And uh, you know, we could have little quibbles, but they were absolutely just that quibbles. And uh, also, uh, the awards were given out yes, we at the Society uh, on Saturday. I've night. got them in front of me. If you want, yeah, to sure. Go Let's ahead. Read David Plunkett uh, won for Heroical. Uh, these were mostly all mini comics, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Greg Kletzel for Exercise the Demon. Luke Healy. For of the monstrous pictures of whales, just Wolfson for invisible wounds, which actually I've read and are really touching stories um, of Iraq War veterans. Really great little comic, and Alexandra Begez for narwhal. Yeah. So uh, and they received a Wacom tablet. The winners, in, <laughs> in addition to their Mocha Arts Festival Award of Excellence. Yeah. Um, and which and Wacom also had a Wacom Lounge. I mean, that's another thing Miller has done. I think is to bring in sponsors. Uh, she had to get a sponsor to get the balloon up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Wakeham was, uh, had a lounge, you know, uh, in between the main floor and the downstairs where uh, the panels were held. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the moderator for, if I do say so, a really terrific panel that could have been, well, a better attended if we weren't opposite um, Alison Bechtel and Howard Cruz in conversation. Uh, that said, World War III You don't want to be opposite that. No, no uh, and we remarked on it at the panel, but uh, we had a big crowd of uh, a few hangers-on and uh, a lot of World War III uh, contributors right, in the audience. Right, so, right. Well, all the, uh, conf- all the panels have been, uh, you know, taped, and um, I did see a couple of write-ups. That's true. That they've really upped the level yeah. of, of just uh, uh, audiovisual support. I mean, right. everything had had uh, uh, displays and recording. So you know, if you, if you didn't see my panel on Sunday, you know what? You can probably catch you it. Can, you can you can see it later on. Later on, um, and <laughs> and also just another really quick note that there was a bunch of um, uh, you know, it was all comics and graphics week, right? Oh yes, another great innovation. Yeah. They this first time this year, comic. And Cartoon Art Week, yep. the week preceding uh, the opening of the show. Um, great, uh, uh, a screening of a documentary about uh, uh, Robert Williams, uh, a symposium, I believe. It was a New York picture, uh, picture book and comic symposium. Yeah, well, those are every week, but those were, it was tied in. Uh, and, it was, yes, well, know, that's what she did. But I, I mean, you know, signings at Bergen Street, at Desert yeah, Island, at Midtown Comics. So, you know what? It was awesome. Yeah, it yeah was I mean, awesome. that's what she, she tied in events that were already going on. Yeah. But I think what we're going to see going forward are more and more events, you know, started that week specifically to tie in with yeah. MoCA. 
uh, uh, much as they do with Illustration Week, like later mm. in the year. Yeah. So yep. really, yep. really a, a, a good time was had. Yeah, a very good time. All right. All right. Super movies, TVs, updates. Well, on our favorite shows. A lot's been happening. Now, uh, Captain America 2. Unfortunately, opened. I can't talk about it too much because <laughs> my co-hosts have, have, have not, not seen, seen it yet. Yeah, well, no. we were too busy going to Mocha. Yeah. So, you know, but anyway. Oh, poor Kate. And going no. to parties. Going to parties. <laughs> we're, we like to party more than we like. But, you know, I saw a whole bunch of people went definitely from Mocha and went and gathered at the Kipps Bay movie theater to see Captain America. So oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I did the two bag. You know, I went to Mocha with friends and then I saw... Yeah. Captain America after Mocha, yeah. as yeah. you do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yes. Uh, perfect. Um, perfect. Yes. Well, hopefully evening. we can really talk <laughs> about it next time. Uh, and but, it really had a very strong tie. But how did it do at the uh, at the box office, Kate? It had, it had a good weekend. Yeah, it set a record for April yeah, with uh, ninety-eight money, million dollars, actually. There you go. And there you, uh, go. you know, well, April's usually a slow month. Absolutely. You and go. you know what, Marvel, you just gotta hand it to them. Yeah. I mean, they can can they do anything wrong? I mean, someday they will, but it wasn't mm. this, that's for sure. And, and you know, a lot of people thought Captain America was one of the weaker elements, yeah. mm-hmm. but uh, did great. And you know, I hope. I hope Ed Brubaker is happy because a lot of the, he it really it very clearly built on yeah. on the Winter Soldier comic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, they added extra elements that weren't mm-hmm. in there, but I mean, as soon as the title was announced, everybody knew at least some of what they were going to get, and yes. there was a lot of anticipation. Yes, and, I mean, you see his uh, Winter Soldier omnibus in in the comic stores, mm-hmm. uh, prominently mm-hmm. placed. I really hope that he gets a good chunk of change from royalties mm-hmm. for well, this. Well, that would be interesting to find out. but um, Or yeah. at least for, from, maybe not from the movie directly, but from the comics. Well, I, I, but that would be even more interesting to see if the actual yeah. comic sold well, because Marvel com- has traditionally yeah. not done that. Right. Yeah. But for once, for once, there really is a story arc that you can point to, yeah. and a trade mm-hmm. you can point to that the movie is directly linked to that people will not feel disappointed or confused when they buy. Sounds right. good. Right, right, right. But, um, you know, that uh, the success of Captain Marvel has once again lost... Captain uh, America. Uh, Captain Marvel America. <laughs> Captain America from the Marvel. Marvelous Captain the Marvelous America. Captain America has launched a million <laughs> ships. Uh, let's see, what else? There were so many announcements of... Uh, well, uh, first off, though, the sequel... Uh, it looks like a big pissing contest between Warner's and Disney yeah. is 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 shaping up because Warner suddenly announced that they were going to open Batman and Superman. Their Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. uh, ha- you know Henry Cavill starer on May sixth, which is the date that Marvel traditionally opens their uh, spring movie. And now uh, they announced it would be Cap three. So are you really going to have Superman and Batman and Captain America opening on the same day in 2016? I wonder who's going to blink first. Who will yeah. blink? Well, well Marvel Those two. They're always measuring against each other, aren't they? And Marvel's <laughs> had that date for more than a decade. So Although they, they did sort of drop it and not use it this year. That's true. Isn't uh, X-Men First Class opening? Oh, they're giving yes. it to X-Men. Okay. First Class. Well, I don't know giving, but, but I, I mean, I'm but I mean, sure it's, it's still going to a Marvel property that yes, weekend. Yes, exactly, exactly. Even if it's the movie uh, but a uh, you know a lot lot of a uh, lot more activity they announced the Sinister Six movie is coming mm-hmm. out with uh, Drew Goddard is going to write and and uh, write and direct that 
uh, the director of Cabin in the Woods. Um, uh, let's see, let's see, Dreadstar, Jim Starlin's independent mm-hmm. comic got just got a movie option. Three Shadows by Sarah Pedrosa, which is published here by um, for a second, got a movie option. And you know, Vertigo. Although movie options do doesn't doesn't mean any. You know, it doesn't mean that. But I, well, we're going to see Sinister Six. That's yeah. for sure. But, um, you know, just a lot more activity. And on the Vertigo side, kind of interestingly, you know that iZombie pilot that, that was talk, uh, spoken about, uh, announced? Uh, they actually are filming that. So mm-hmm. pilot is being made. Whether we'll ever see it or not is uh, uncertain. And then they also announced that Federal Bureau of Physics has been optioned for a film. So I think it's, right. I think it's interesting to see these Vertigo, these nouveau Vertigo mm-hmm. titles getting a little play. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, of things optioned for movie and television, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, I will not spoil, but is very closely tied in with the Captain America movie. And while the ratings for last night actually weren't that great, my suspicion would be because it leaked to, to Hulu hours and hours before, um, and a lot of people don't want to be spoiled for the movie who haven't watched it yet, um, the people who did see it it really rocked the internet and a lot of people who had certain reservations about the show are now feeling better about it after that thing that happened yeah yeah you know <laughs> listen uh listeners talking about rocking the internet i'm, I'm not, um, spoiling, she's not spoiling it she's, she's not, not spoiling it you know and I, I i read twitter too but you know what if calvin have you noticed how since kate came in today all she could talk about is shield and captain america i've noticed that yeah you know yeah. what she is so you know if, i don't know if i'm it, picky i don't I'm know picky. if it totally rocked the internet but it sure rocked kate and you know <laughs> what that's but that's great world. but that's well, great it, it rocked the corner of the internet in which i dwell let's yeah, put okay. it that but way i'm saying i'm very happy to hear this yeah. because this means that they finally got somebody excited about shield and we talk <laughs> every time we talk about shield what's about as exciting as you know like well, you're, you're you know i'm so i call it uh i'm so well, now i can't remember the joke but anyway the sweet life helicarrier what yeah well i mean you? i'm not saying that you watch and you sort of endure uh <laughs> i mean i'm not saying this will fix all the problems with it but but personally, I was like, oh, oh, please. Did you really? Don't go back on this. Okay, Don't go well, you back know, on you this. You know what? Let's save that we for next time. We will talk about it yes. next and time And I actually have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on my DVR, so I can catch up with everything. And I'm going to catch up, too. Yes. All right. Um, and right. now, to the briefs. Yes, let's move on to news briefs. So, Osama Tezuka, the you know famed comic creator of Astro Boy and, and many other things... Uh, had a locked drawer in his desk that he left to his daughter after his death. And for the last 25 years, no one has been able to open this drawer until just a few days ago. And his daughter, Rumiko, managed to open it. And along with an ancient candy bar and an essay... An ancient candy bar? Yes, yes. An ancient candy bar uh, from before her father died. Uh... Along with a handwritten essay on Akira by Akira's creator, uh, Katsuhiro Otomo, there was a collection of sketches by her father, including many, um, how shall we put this, furry sketches (laughs) of of a... uh, anthropomorphic female mouse. Now, they were (laughs) PG-13, but they were... um, Lascivious? Yeah, right, they were strongly Sluring. what? Strongly. <laughs> Calvin is supplying all uh, the words I could possibly need. You know. uh, yeah, 
They, not, if not are you, hot, wait, at so least. What, what they were sexualized mice. What yes. you're trying to say is that Tezuka would have loved Gadget. <laughs> uh, the well, Rescue is, Rangers. Well, <laughs> it was a sexualized mouse. All right. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. A lot of sketches of this same yeah. sexualized mouse, which his daughter posted to Twitter with the comment, I have no idea what he was going to do with these. <laughs> well, there you go. He uh, was designing Gadget from Rescue Rangers. Let's not break it down any further than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was it. That was all. Uh, she, was, she was amused by I that. I think we can all probably figure that out. Well, Whatever turns you on, man. So the, the, the past <laughs> month's book scan numbers have come out um, through ICV2. And it's very interesting in the graphic novel world because no books from the big two made it into the top 20. It was almost entirely um, image and manga with a few other comics not from the big two salted in. The only thing that even had Marvel in the name was a Avengers character guide from DK. Well, um, as our retailer survey put it, um, you know, the migration... So something other than uh, big two comics continues. Yeah, I mean there was there was you know Walking Dead and Saga, and um, Attack on Titan and Naruto and the latest Game of Thrones graphic mm. novel and uh, the latest Avatar and Adventure Time graphic novels, but but none well, of the old Star Wars we found. Well, guess what? DC has not. Um released that many graphic novels from Batman in that month, and so mm. they didn't have any uh, no. novels, because and DC has failed to launch any really strong new graphic novel um, franchises. And I know the new 52 books are doing fine, as DC keeps telling us, and they sell very steadily, but BookScan, I guess none of yeah. them have reached out to the civilian population. And Marvel yeah. uh, usually doesn't do that well in bookstores. So, yeah, I mean, I mean they have strong event. properties that could, but they yeah. don't. No, no, yeah. you know, Hawkeye did very well. Hawkeye number one by the rather quirky take on the character by Matt Fraction and David Aja did, uh, David Aha, pardon me, did very well. But, you know, I that news doesn't surprise me. Mm. Well, I mean, I guess it's just a, yet another sign of the spreading of the it industry. It was diversification of the, yeah, of the market. But I mean, it's, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, especially since it's the rise of the graphic novel market mm-hmm. 12 years ago. Manga de- dominated it. Well, yeah, for, but manga's been having well, a hard few years. Problems, yeah, but yeah. guess what? It has never gone away. It has yeah, no, never gone away. it's not going to go away. And it's and, not going to go away. Hopefully, you know, we seem to be in you know, a period this where it's, it's recovering. You know, this could have been the headline of our whole thing: is that the new issue of Attack on Titan shipped two hundred twenty-five million copies, or two point two five million copies? Pardon me, two point two five mm-hmm. million copies in Japan, and that's a huge hit for them. That yeah. even for Japan, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's Ultimate, a record for Kodansha, but not declines. a record for graphic novels. No, no, yeah. no. One Piece has has set the record. Yeah. Was it something like you know twenty million or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, yeah it's a huge number. But, uh, you know, uh, like I said, I mean, it's definitely worth noting, but if you actually have been watching things, you would not be surprised. Yeah. Archie dies. Now, now that's, that's a shock. <laughs> well, well, Archie dies in life with Archie, which is now Death going with to be Archie. A, a highly ironic title. Uh, in Life with Archie, vol- issue 36 and 37, Archie dies in mm-hmm. both alternate timelines where Archie grows up and marries either Betty mm-hmm. or Veronica. Um, they say this was always the ending they planned, and obviously you're never going to see Archie die in regular Archie comics, 
So if you really want to see him bite the big one, this is your chance. Yeah. Well, they it's funny that uh, instead of living, you know, little kind of love story thing where maybe Archie is becomes, uh, you know, susceptible to some sort of lingering disease or maybe living a long, happy life where he died surrounded yeah. by his loved ones. Instead, he dies tragically, but heroically saving one of his friends. Yeah. Well... Which oh, I respect and the no question less. is, and all right, <laughs> which friend is it? Do we think it's uh, Reggie? Hmm. But that who I mean, who's a bit of a rival? Would it be Jughead? I mean, his best bud. I'm going for Reggie. Yeah, because that, that would be, be the more ultimate. heroic. It would. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> well, well more to go. come. More to come. <laughs> That's right. You know, and how long before they bring him back? Yeah. Well, well I mean, he's not even going away. Spoiler. But they, they don't. They don't need to bring him back, back because he's, he's still alive in the main universe. Uh, this is the true. imaginary universe. Yeah, well, they've sold a lot of books in this imaginary universe too. So yeah, but our, well, there yeah. doesn't have a built-in bring him yeah. back cause like I it does in places of superheroes. Uh, yeah, or, I suppose not. Or anything. All right. Um. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, we have some interviews here. Actually, I have a few guerrilla interviews that I just sort of took to the floor and bothered people at booths and asked them how their con was going. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of a snapshot from the floor. All right. So, hi, I'm at the Comic Book Legal Defense uh, Fund. Hi, this is Charles Brownstein, the executive director of the CBLDF. And can you tell me uh, how this year's con is stacking up next to other year's mochas for the CBLDF? This is the best mocha that the CBLDF has ever had, and it might be the best mocha that mocha's ever had. Anel and her amazing team at the Society of Illustrators have done a great job building a excellent floor. Uh, being underneath the Charlie Brown sets a great mood for uh, just the fun and the vast array of creativity that's here, and uh, it's just a fantastic show. So kudos to everybody involved. Thank you so much. Hi, uh, talking to Jordan Rodman. And can you tell me how this year is going for Pantheon? It's going awesome. We have our classic graphic novels like Persepolis and Mouse, and then we're showcasing our upcoming amazing graphic novels like Shoplifter, Here, and the new Charles Burns. So it's really awesome over here. So would you say um, sales look about, so far, look about equivalent to previous years or better? Or I don't know if I'm able to comment on sales, but I think our graphic novels this year are going to be absolutely incredible. So I'm hoping for the best. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm at the First Second booth, and I'm talking to... Calista Brill, Senior Editor at First Second Books. Great, and can you tell me um, any thoughts on how this year is going for First Second here at MoCA? So far, so good. We've done a number of signings, and they've all been really well attended. Sales have been steep, and it's also just really nice seeing the big crowd that's come out for the show this year. Thank you so much. Hi. Uh, I'm from Publishers Weekly, and can you tell me a little bit about how this, who you are and a little how this con's going for you? Hi, um, my name is Paul Hoppe. I'm an illustrator. I've uh, done uh, children's books and a graphic novel called Peanut. Then I also self-publish a series called Tales to Behold. And uh, for me, I think it's very good today. It's, the, um, it's a lot of people. It's a little warm. Uh, but good sales, and I've talked quite a few times to people who said they've never been to the Mocha Fest, which I think is a great sign. Okay. <laughs> and uh, how are sales going for you? Um, they go very well. Um, I think I haven't quite uh, uh, looked at exactly the comparison to last year, 
Um, that seems better. Uh, but it seems, I have a feeling it's better. I mean, last year was already better than the year before. I, I think it, it right away was got better when the society took over. But I think this year is going to be much stronger, I have a feeling. Thank you so much. Hi, so I'm at uh, MoCA Fest 2014 with Holly Mongi, a comic creator who I just so happen to have gone to high school with. So Holly, how's the con going for you? Pretty well. I've been I've been doing uh, pretty good with my book Aviary. I've just put out issue three, although it seems like I'm selling a lot of issue one, but that's good because it's a lot of interest. <laughs> So, uh, were you surprised at how crowded this was? I was not expecting it to be this big this year. Um, yeah, I am surprised. I, I don't know if it's because they're, um, the Society of Illustrators is on board now, but um, yeah, there is very crowded today, and it seems like a pretty excited group, so it's nice. Um, yeah, a lot bigger than last year. So, have sales been good for you this year? Pretty good so far today, yeah. Um, I'm worried I'm going to sell out of issue one because it seems to be the one everybody's favoring, but <laughs> yeah, we're doing pretty good. Thank you. Hi, uh, can you introduce yourself and your comic? My name's David McGuire. I do Gastrophobia. It's about a single mom Amazon in ancient Greece. And how is uh, this year's MoCA working for you? It's pretty good. I've done better in previous years because uh, this year I don't have a new book out. Uh, but considering I've been doing really well. So uh, do you have any um, thoughts on this year's uh, con or, you know, any, anything you might want to add? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I like the new stuff that's been being tried out. I like old stuff that's been done before. It's just different more than better or worse. Thank you. All right, and that's it. Until next week, and there's more to, to come.